it has been a great week at my house. Um, our grandson Jackson has been with us since Thursday at noon. And um, Jeannie made it to church today. I left early. And Jeannie made it to church after getting a 17-month-old ready. And so congratulations to Jeannie for that. Uh, he's in the nursery. Uh, if you want to see him after church, you stay. Forget the choir practice. You just look at my grandson. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and so that's been a lot of fun, um, having Jackson here. The reason he's here is exciting. Tyler and Stephanie, our son and daughter-in-law, are celebrating, our, they did two days ago, their fifth anniversary. And so uh, they are committed to their marriage, which is good. And they went to Charleston, South Carolina, which is really good. And just to celebrate their marriage together. So I'm proud that he makes her a priority in his life. And I'm even more proud that he'll trust us to Jackson. So that's been good. Uh, on their way here Thursday, he got a phone call that he has a new job. Uh, he now works for Dave Ramsey. And he's on October 27th in Nashville. Uh, Dave Ramsey does the Financial Peace University thing. It's a Christian company. And, I'm real proud that Taylor got that. So that's been good this week. Uh, our daughter Ellen had a job interview. That's a good thing this week. We'll see what happens there. Um, went to a couple of funerals. And uh, while those, uh, you always have mixed emotions, these were Christian people that are in heaven. But I saw some people that I haven't seen in 40 years. Mitch, I sat next to Tom Jones at D.D. Reeser's funeral and saw some people that have been important to me for a long time. So that was good. And uh, anything else? Oh, my football team won yesterday. <laughs> the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So, and so did our old Miss Rebels. So life was good for my friends in Mississippi. So because it's been a good week, and, and you're like this, when weeks are good and things just seem to go your way. Oh, I, let me add one more thing. Uh, we have a gentleman who's keenly interested in renting the education building across the street, not the chapel that we want for weddings and such, but the education building to put a Christian movie studio slash church ministry. He had a, a church at CBS Studios in Hollywood. And he moved to Atlanta because evidently Atlanta's becoming the new Hollywood. I didn't know that, but I guess that's true. And so it looks like we're going to have a Christian movie studio across the street. How about that? Uh, when we bought that, we had no idea that I would have to So it's been a good week. What about bad weeks? When your weeks are good, your connection to God can be just and sometimes on bad weeks or bad months or bad years or bad decades you've had you know what I'm talking about sometimes in those we can go one way or the other we can be really pushed close or we can wonder is it all true we can have doubt years ago I think it was a Thanksgiving we were at my brother Don's house in Marietta, and at the time they had a white poodle named Crypto. As our family does on Thanksgiving, or we did when we were younger, we were playing football out in the yard, and we see a white poodle running by the house. 
And so we gave chase because crypto is not an outside dog. Crypto is an inside dog. The faster we chased, the faster crypto ran. Out of Camden Place to Little Wilmico, across Lower Roswell Road, and we gave up the chase on crypto. When we got back to the house, and I think the statute of limitations has run out, so I think we're okay, crypto was safe and sound in the house. We chased the wrong dog out of the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did. Whatever happened to that white poodle, I have no idea. The reason I tell you that is sometimes I've seen people with their faith with the question, am I, am I chasing the wrong thing? Have I wasted my time? We're going to talk about doubt today. Do you ever doubt it? Let's pray together. Father, we pray through your word and through your spirit that you would support our faith, strengthen our faith, make us the champions that you have created us to be. But we also pray that we would hear your voice of love and forgiveness if we have ever doubted and likely we have. So Father, through your word, we just ask that you would instruct us that we would live the way that you would have us to live. We will thank you for being you through great weeks and through horrible weeks. Help us to have that connection. No matter what, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The best place for me to look for doubt is not in the life of, you'd think, Doubting Thomas, most likely. But John the Baptist makes me feel so much better about my struggles, and I want to share with you why. John the Baptist was a great man. In fact, look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. The first part says, I tell you the truth, of all who have lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. High praise from Jesus himself. You remember John's life. Let's look at how it began. Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once, when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of people was praying outside. And then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. So this is an amazing story about the beginning of John the Baptist's life. Verse 14, You'll have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He'll turn many of the people of Israel to their Lord God. 
spirit and power of Elijah healed go before him. To turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this is so? I'm an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you'll become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. So, if my math is right, for somewhere around nine months, Zechariah is mute. I would think pregnant women, women would appreciate this out of their husbands. <laughs> Just a guess. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. Luke goes on in verse 39 about something you recall from the Christmas story, the beginning of the Christmas story. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in Hill Country, Mary, Joseph's wife, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped at her. So John the Baptist is that in touch that when Jesus in utero, when Mary came, John left in the womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Skipping to verse 57. The time came for Elizabeth to give birth. She bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her. They rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, none of your relatives have that name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote his name in. And all of them were amazed, and immediately his mouth was opened, and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all the neighbors. All these things were talked about throughout the entire whole country of Judea. And all who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. And as you know, it was. Later on in Luke chapter 1, and we're not going to look at that scripture, but Zechariah has beautiful words about blessing God and the child that he has given to him. So as I tell you the story, if you read a lot of scripture about the birth of John the Baptist, you might be asking, what does this have to do with doubt? Just, just be patient. You remember the story from Matthew chapter 3, and we're not going to read that one. It's the baptism of Jesus. You remember who baptized Jesus? John the Baptist. Do you remember that? Matthew tells us about that 
in John chapter 3. So we read that John had quite the pedigree, if you will. From before he was conceived, God had plans for his life. He was a forerunner of Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. They had to be very close. John was special. Mark chapter 6 tells us a familiar story. Beginning at verse 17. The end of John's life. Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to John. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you wish, and I'll give it. He solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask? She replied, the head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved, yet out of regard for his oath and for the guest, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard in orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body, and they laid it in a tomb. This has been a very long introduction to where we need to be. And where we need to be is Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, 2 and 3. It tells about when John was in prison. During the party, before the beheading, John is locked up. He'd really done nothing wrong to tell the truth. God had had his hand on him. He baptized Jesus. He had his followers. Life was good. He understood. Things were coming together. Now he's in prison. Matthew 11, 2 and 3. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Are you the Messiah, or are we chasing the wrong thing? Should we wait for someone else? John's 30 years old now, in prison, about to be beheaded. He is in a storm. A bad day, bad week, under attack, disappointed, perplexed. And John has questions. 
he thought it would be different. He thought surely if he followed God's plan for his life, he wouldn't end up like this. Let's look at the answer Jesus gives him. Matthew 11, 4 to 6. After John sent his messengers, Jesus tells them, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense in me. That's quite an answer. It is not the answer I would have given. I would almost expect Jesus to tell these followers of John, John who had been so anointed by God, he could have easily said to the disciples, you know, I just can't believe John. I can't believe John is questioning. What's the matter with him? Y'all go back and tell John to get a grip. You go tell John I'm going to find somebody else that I'm finished with him. I've had it. Go tell me how John can even question you. You must be kidding. That wasn't Jesus' answer. And I love this. Because in my life or in your life, when there have perhaps been times when we thought, I can't believe this has happened. Or, is this right? Am I going in the right direction? When we have those kinds of questions, Jesus has never said to us, I can't believe you're questioning me. You need to get a grip. I'm finished with you. How dare you? Jesus never did that. Because he loved John. Just as he loves us. And I feel the pressure leave when I realize that. Jesus can handle our questions. Unconditional love reaches out to the doubting and the confused. And Jesus' answer, by the way, is a fulfillment of prophecy of scripture. Scripture that John well would have known. Jesus' answer was really found in Isaiah. Prophecy about the coming Messiah. This will tell John who I am. Isaiah in chapter 29 verse 18 says on that day the deaf shall hear the words of the scroll and out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. Remember what Jesus said? The blind receive their sight, the deaf hear. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. Old Testament writing that John would have been very much aware of. Everything tying together the life of Jesus and the truth of Scripture. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And that was Jesus' answer. And John was okay. When I am confused, when I am hurting, I need to remember 
I need to remember the weeks like of this week and the hand of God doing the things the hand of God has done. I need to remember His goodness and know that He is always there. I need to know that the unconditional love of God can accept me, faults and all, even when I doubt. And when I realized that, I was stronger. And those doubts were further and further 